Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the Bucks Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bucks Wire editor, Luke Easterling. All right, welcome to the show. Playoff edition of the Bucks Wire Podcast. We had plenty of playoff editions last year, Luke, all the way to the Super Bowl and beyond, right? So, uh, you ready for another run here? Absolutely, man. Uh, what a what a great finish to the season for the Bucks on Sunday. They uh, overcome a little bit of a slow start there, obviously, but uh, obviously put it to the to the Panthers there in the second half, and then they get the bonus, right? They get the uh, the cherry on top, thanks to the uh, the San Francisco 49ers. They jump into that number two seed. They get the home game against uh, the seven seed Eagles. So it was a, a great weekend for the Bucks all the way around. Got some guys coming back from injury, looks like, for this game. The real home playoff game. They they played the Super Bowl last year, but it, you know, Super Bowl is not the same thing. wasn't a full house. Uh, it's going to be their first real, real home playoff game in, in over a decade, man. I'm so excited, excited for this community, excited for this fan base, excited for guys like Will Golston, Mike Evans, Levante David, these guys that have been playing in Tampa for so long and never had a true home playoff game. It's uh, it's going to be really, really fun. Yeah, that, that game between the Rams and the 49ers was huge. It knocked out the Saints. It, it set the seeds. You know, it set the matchups. You know, Bucks go to the two seed. Now they get Philly. I like that a hell of a lot better than San Francisco or Arizona, right? So, like, give me give me the Eagles. We're going to talk about that here. Uh, but it also started kind of a, a little back and forth between Bucks wire and Saints wire, right? Have you guys uh, have you guys ironed that thing out yet, Luke? Are you guys all all set? I mean, I, I don't know what the, what there is to iron out. Uh, I, you know, one team's going to the playoffs to defend the Super Bowl, and another team's bragging about how they won regular season games again. I mean, I, you know. You know, go go with go with what you got. I guess John John can uh, can keep hyping the fact that the Bucks lost to Trevor Simeon and, and Taysom Hill, and I'll make that trade all day long to to go to the playoffs instead of sitting at home. All right, so the feud continues. I love it. Yeah, two of the nicest guys I know, Luke Luke Easterling and, and John Sigler, just going back and forth. I love it. It's it's just tremendous stuff on Twitter. Uh, what do you think about this matchup with the Eagles, Luke? What's your leadoff take on it? Well, I mean, first of all, one thing I'll say about the 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 seating change is not as much about. I wasn't even as excited about the matchup change as I was the fact that. And I, I don't even know if the Bucks had won, if the Bucks had ended up at three seed, they might have still faced the the Eagles because then maybe the Saints would have jumped into that seven and the Eagles go to six. They, I think they still would have played Philly either way. It's it's more about what happens if they win on Sunday, because if the Bucks win on Sunday and now you're the two seed instead of the three, you're still at home for the divisional round as Guaranteed. opposed to having to go yep. to L.A. And I think that is huge. So. Uh, you know, that was a, a big thing on my mind in terms of trying to get the two seed. As far as this matchup goes, you know, go back to October, I think it was week six when they faced Philly uh, on the road and the Bucks blew them out in the first half. They were dominant. It did not look like they belonged on the same field. Bucks let the, you know, let off the gas a little bit in the second half. They, the Eagles were able to come back and make that a game and, and ended up making it a one score game by the end. The Bucks held on there at the end, but you know, this is going to come down to a couple of different things. 
The first thing is that the Bucks were the number one rush defense in the league for the first seven weeks of the season, and they're the number 15 rush defense in the league since. And that's not going to cut it against the number one rush offense in the league. Eagles set a franchise record for rushing yards in a season this year. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, that offense can run the football. And if the Bucks can't stop the run, if, if they're not the rush defense we saw the first half of this season instead of the one we see in the second half of the season, and obviously the potential return of Levante David, I think is going to have a lot to do with that, as well as getting Shaq Barrett and JPP back on the edges. Because Bruce Arias told us this week that teams have stopped running inside. They're trying to get to the edges, and they're not doing as good of a job of setting the edge. And, and part of that is the fact that you don't have Levante David in the lineup, haven't for three weeks. Shaq Barrett's been banged up. JPP's been banged up. And it's easier to get to the edge when you don't have all those starters in the game, right? So it, it's going to come down to stopping the run. If they can if they can stop the run on, on early downs and force Jalen Hurts into those third and longs where he's got to just sit in the pocket and, and make passes, if you can play press man against those receivers, disrupt their timing, and, and give time for that pass rush to get home, the Bucks can blow them out of the water. If the, you know, I know the weather's going to be bad. It's going to be, I think, high of 72, but it's going to be a 70% chance of rain. There's going to be some some heavy winds for the, for this time of year in this neck of the woods, 20 to 30 mile an hour winds, gusts maybe even higher than that. So you're talking about the kicking game. You're talking about the passing game, receivers trying to catch the football, turnovers. All of that stuff always favors the the, the upset team, right? That always favors the team who's trying to pull off uh, the surprising win. It doesn't favor the team who's supposed to win. So, you know, all of that will be working against the Bucks this week. They are obviously the way more talented team, and, and they should win this game comfortably, but there's a lot of reasons why this should be uh, a very competitive game. Let's move on here. There was an article from Doug Farrar, our friend over at the Touchdown Wire, and uh, he wrote a little bit about Rob Gronkowski and the tight ends on this team. He wrote that if the Bucks are going to return to the Super Bowl, it will likely be on the tight end plan, and that means featuring Gronk, Cameron Brait and OJ Howard. He threw some stats out there, Luke, uh, with two and three tight end sets on the field through week 17. Brady is 42 of 71, 464 yards, five TDs, one pick. Do you buy into this? Do you think that we're queuing up the old 2011 Patriots game plan when Brady was torching defenses with Aaron Hernandez and uh, Rob Gronkowski? Is that because you look at the talent in the Bucks, Cameron Brait, OJ Howard, Gronk? Yeah, they've got talented guys that they should be able to attack with. Do you agree with this? Do you think the Bucks should kind of go start featuring the tight ends here going forward? Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, it has a lot to do with the fact that who's not going to be out there. You're not going to have Chris Godwin. You don't have Antonio Brown anymore. So, you know, Mike Evans is going to be locked up with Darius Slay, who did a pretty good job of holding him in check in that, that week six game back in Philly. Uh, one of the better veteran corners in the league. So that's going to be a fun battle to watch. But when when you have guys like Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown missing and the offense is forced to go with younger guys, guys that aren't as experienced, Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, even Brashad Perryman, who's a little bit more of a veteran guy, those guys can make your can make their plays. But in terms of the pr- preparation and the game plan, you want to go into this game relying on on as sure a thing as you can. And I think one of the sure things this offense has is one of the deepest tight end groups in the NFL. And obviously we talk about Gronk. He led the team in, in yards and receptions last week in, against Carolina. He's had a huge year. I think if you, if you multiplied his stats this season, oh, you know, if you averaged him over 16 or 17 games, he had another, you know, 12, 1300 yard season, basically with, with double digit touchdowns. That's just at his, you know, his age at this point in his career, he's still such an elite dominant player. And then you throw in a guy like Cameron Brait, again, one of the most longer ten, longest tenured players on this team who is just a, a reliable guy who, who Brady has looked to in the red zone and on third down time and time again to move the chains. 
O.J. Howard's still a little bit more of a question mark because we know how great an athlete he is. He's just not been a consistent you know, receiver. Uh, he struggles to catch the ball consistently. It's consistently. So you've got a lot of potential still there with them. Uh, but, but you don't know what you're going to get. So I, I don't know. I don't know if Howard will be as featured in, in the lineup just because I don't know how much trust there is with Brady and him to, to make plays in key moments. But I, I think you'll get a lot of Gronk, a lot of Cameron Bray in key situations and with good reason. The return of Leonard Fournette to Luke to practice this week. Also a huge step in the right direction for the Bucks, right? It, they Brady needs his running backs in the past game. He needs it. I'm sure he's missed Letty Fournette. And also Gio Bernard was back in practice too. And I don't know if there could be a return of Gio. Like, could we get him going? Because we could use all the help we can get with guys catching the ball. Maybe Fournette, Bernard, maybe we start working those backs back in the passing game because that's going to be huge. Yeah, it really is. And, and I think Fournette will be a huge part of that if he's back at 100%, which it seems like he will be. Uh, Gio Bernard would kind of be like a you know a cherry on top, icing on the cake situation if he's, if he's able to go and have a big role. I don't expect uh, Ronald Jones to play. Bruce Arians told us on, uh, on Wednesday that both he – uh, and Cyril Grayson Jr. will be doubtful at this point. Uh, Grayson with a hamstring injury. He left pretty early on Sunday against the Panthers and didn't come back. So uh, those guys are probably going to be out, uh, which means you're leaning on Keyshawn Vaughn, obviously, Le'Veon Bell, who who honestly played a really good game against Carolina, had a touchdown catch uh, and a couple of good runs. But, yeah, if you're able to get Leonard Fournette back and he's able to handle the, the normal workload that he's used to this season and then you get Gio Bernard back in there, Again, it, it's about everything those guys can do, not just as runners, but as receivers and also pass protectors. They can protect the quarterback on third downs and pick up those blitzers. They're smart, tough, physical guys who are willing to block and then get out there and make plays in the passing game. That's going to be huge for this offense, again, especially with what they're missing at receiver. Well, one thing that we have now, Luke, uh, at our disposal, and hopefully we can utilize this going through the playoffs with our show, is uh, a voicemail mailbox that fans could call into and uh, leave their questions or rants, and Luke and I will react to that and answer the questions. And we threw the, uh, the number out last week, and we had a couple voicemails, so let's, let's empty the voicemail box right after this. This is the Typical Sportsbook Minute. Let's make this interesting. What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slippin' Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.usatoday.com. I'm here with my handicapping homie, Nathan Beagle, to break down this weekend's NFC wildcard round matchup between the Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams. Our friends at Tipico Sportsbook have the Rams favored three and a half points and the total sitting at 49 and a half. I'm taking the Rams. I'm laying the three and a half because McVay has owned Kingsbury since Kingsbury joined the NFL. Uh, the Rams are 5-1 and one straight out, 4-1-1 one and one against the spread versus the Cardinals since 2019. And Murray, Kyler Murray, has struggled against the Los Angeles Rams with just an 81.8 quarterback rating, 7 touchdowns to 9 turnovers. Nate, how do you see this game playing out? Yeah, I'm also on the Rams to cover. They're going to be healthier in this game and also have the advantage in the trenches. Cardinals have lost 4 of their last 5. Take the Rams, minus 3.5. That was your Tipico Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See tipico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. Hey, fellas. Mike here. You know, the first time the Bucks 
played the Eagles. They dominated the game. It wasn't nearly as closely close as the score indicated. So my question to you guys is that now that we're down some weapons, you know, Brown and and uh, Godwin out, you know, and plus we've been banged up as of late. Should we have any concern here? You know, what I mean, like I feel like the Bucks should dominate this game, and if they keep their foot on the gas, you know, they they should just roll through the through that defense. But should we be more concerned uh, facing the Eagles? All right, thanks, Mike, for the call. You can reach our voicemail box and leave us a question at six one nine eight three two one six nine six. We appreciate you guys and. And uh, w- what worries you about Philly, Luke? Uh, for me, you mentioned a few of it. The rushing game, for sure. The weather, that, that kind of worries me, too, because that can be an equalizer, so that worries me a little bit. What about the Eagles' defense? Is there anything on defense for the Eagles that worries you? They have a really good pass rush, so maybe if Brady's holding the ball longer, maybe that could happen. Like, What worries you the most about this Eagles team? Yeah, I think you, you really hit on it there. The fact that any defense that is able to get consistent pressure with with the front four and not have to sacrifice guys in coverage to, to blitz in order to generate that pressure, that's going to give you problems because if you're able to just send four, drop seven, and make those passing lanes tighter and 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 leave two safeties overhead, again, that's a lot of what the Saints did really well against the Bucks is, is basically using both of their safeties as, as what you would call a robber, right? A guy that's just kind of reading the quarterback's eyes on either side of the field and trying to jump a route that he feels like the quarterback is locking onto. The Saints did it very, very well with both of their safeties. you got to have the personnel to do it, right? You can't just Scheme isn't everything. You have to have the guys to execute. But, yeah, if they're able to get consistent pressure with the front four and and knock Brady off of his game early, obviously it helps to have one of the best offensive lines in the league, three pro bowlers, a couple of other guys that probably could have gone to the pro bowl. Alex Kappa, I think, is an alternate. Donovan Smith really should have been. Um, So as long as that offensive line plays as as well as it's capable of, it should be okay. But everything you just mentioned, they've got to be able to stop the run. If they can't, it's going to be a long day. And, you know, I'm worried about – Levante David being 100%. If he's not at 100% or if they lose him at any point in this game, the drop-off between either Devin White or Levante David and Kevin Minter, the guy who replaces him usually. Kevin Minter is the nicest guy in the world, great teammate, great locker room guy, good on special teams. But in terms of athleticism, the difference between Levante David and Devin White and Kevin Minter, it's just it's huge for this defense. And you don't have to go any further than last year's wildcard game against Washington when Devin White was out because he couldn't make it back from the COVID list, right? He missed it by a day. The reason Taylor Heineke was able to be so successful running the football outside the pocket is because Kevin Minter was in the game instead of him. So, you know, if that that is something that worries me a lot with, with Jalen Hurts, if there's anything limiting Levante David at all from being at 100% or if he's not on the field, that could be huge for, for the Eagles as well. All right, Mike, thanks for the call. And, and we have another voicemail here, Luke. Let's uh, Let's check this one out. Hey, Ryan, it is Charlie from Sarasota. I just had a quick question about uh, Gronk and his future with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, do you think he's going to stay? Do you think they're going to extend his contract? Or uh, do you think he's out? Um, yeah, let me know what you guys think. All right, Gronk's future with the team, Luke. I think uh, I think Week 18 told us everything, right? With Gronk's incentives, Tom Brady refusing uh, to come out of the game until he got Gronk enough passes and yards to, to get whatever incentives he needed. What was it, like half a million or a full million dollars in incentives Gronk got because of Brady? I think these two are tied to the hip, Brady and Gronky, the kiddie pool with the feet, you know, the, the two guys giggling with the feet in the kiddie pool. I think they're tied together, and I think if Brady's going to stick around with the Bucks for a couple more years, I think Gronk will stick with him. And he's on a one-year $8 million deal, right, Luke? Very reasonable money for a tight end that went for – 
800 yards and six touchdowns so far this year. The only re- the only way Gronk would not be back with the Bucks, I think, is if he just feels like he's too banged up, right? What do you think about Gronk and his future? Yeah, I agree with you, and I think that at some point, whether it's after, I don't think it'll be after this year. I think again, it would take like a a serious injury or something. And, and again, he he had a pretty serious injury earlier this year with the pro, the cracked ribs and a punctured lung and all that. He's come back from that, and the team was very careful with with him. He came back, I think, in that New Orleans game, and he played like five or six snaps and. His back started seizing up a little bit, and, and B.A. was like, nope, not doing it. Go sit down. He sat for a while. He's been back healthy. They give him you know, as many veteran days off as he wants or needs, and, and it's a great situation for him to stay healthy. So I, I think barring any type of injury like that uh, or, or something that happens over the next few weeks, I, I think it is. It's about him and Tom, and he'll be on a one-year deal, I think, every year, and, and Tom will decide whether or not he's coming back. Once he decides he's coming back, Gronk will get his one-year deal ironed out, and they'll keep doing that until they both walk away. Yeah, I agree 100%. I don't see Gronk like going home to Buffalo and trying to chase a, a Super no Bowl. No way. He will never play for any team that does not have Tom Brady on. I agree. It's not going to happen. Why would you leave the situation in Tampa right now? I just don't see it happening. Yeah, so I think year to year, that's a good way to put it. Year to year and, and dependent on Brady. So, all right, well, Charlie, Mike, thanks for the calls. Again, if, uh, if you guys want to leave us a voicemail through this deep playoff run for the Bucks, you can, just, you can hit us up at 619-832-1696. Just leave your name for us, and we would love to respond to your questions. Uh, I did notice that, Luke, nobody asked us about our predictions. Maybe, my, maybe our predictions this year have not been great against the spread, but it's never easy picking against the spread. Bucks, eight-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Eagles. The total set at 47-and-a-half. What's your leadoff take on the spread? Bucks eight and a half. Is that too many points for you? Yeah, I think I think it might be. I think I'd take the under, but not by much. But I think they, you know, again, the equalizer being the weather, some of the guys that they're still going to be missing. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a seven point game. Um, again, whether that's a what we saw in week six, where the Bucks get out to a big lead and they kind of let off the gas, and the Eagles come back a little bit, it wouldn't surprise me if the Bucks blow them out either. Um, but but if I was putting money on it, I think I'd feel more comfortable with the Bucks. You know, a seven-point win, um, and and I, I kind of like the under here, too, with the weather. I don't know about you. Yeah, I like the under. I think I like the under 47.5 for sure. But I actually, for some reason... Part of it's the style, right? Because they're yeah, the run-heavy team, right? But I like the Bucks to cover this for some reason. I don't know why. It's just gut feeling. I think the Bucks are just a better team, uh, and I, I think the Eagles are a legitimate seven seed. You know, I, I don't think they... Ha- I, I'm surprised they're in the playoffs, to be honest with you. Uh, I think there's better teams out there, but the, the Eagles ended up in... They only got nine wins. Uh, I, I just feel like, give me the Bucks to cover. I, I don't know why, Luke, but give me the Bucks to cover eight and a half. That's the big pick. I mean, I, I sure go. hope you're right. I'd love to <laughs> I'd love to be... I'd love to have my gamer written and, and press publish as soon as that Blaine Gabbert knee hits the, uh, hits the turf in the fourth quarter. I would love that. In Tampa Bay... Give it to me. Give me, give me the Bucks uh, minus eight and a half. But yeah, I think I'm with you, Luke. Under 47 and a half. Time for some playoffs. Hope you have a good weekend. And, and just as an aside, uh, I'm sure for the players it sucks, you know, with, with games on Monday night now in the playoffs, but at least on this first weekend. But I love it as a fan. Because last year, Luke, with the three games on Saturday and the three games on Sunday, no thank you. I had playoff fatigue by Sunday night. I couldn't take it. There was just these games are too heavy. And, you know, to grip it, you know, they just they grip your attention so much that like after six of them, you get to Sunday night. I was exhausted last year. So I like that there's only two on Saturday and there's one on Monday night. You can kind of spread it out a little bit. Yeah, I'm cool with that. And I'm also cool with the Bucks slot here. I know some some Bucks fans were pissed off about not getting a primetime slot. But if you're working, 
that Sunday at 1 p.m. is just fantastic. I will take that over a, a 8.30 kickoff all day long. Yeah, well, most of us are just w- watching the game with, with our beverage of choice. You know, we're not working, Luke. But you're, you know, you're going to be busy on Sunday. You're going to be busy, but you love it. You wouldn't be, you wouldn't I love be it. doing anything else. I, I, would, I love having to cover real live football games in January with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing. It's a thing of beauty. Not time for you to turn your attention to the draft just yet, Luke. Not quite yet. Got, got plenty of Bucks football ahead of us, I think. So uh, uh, to all our listeners, thanks for the voicemails. Thanks for listening. Hit subscribe for us if you could. Enjoy Bucks eagles We'll be back next week to break it down. Talk to you then. This USA Today sports podcast has been presented by USA Today's sports media group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.